I'm Joe Duffy, CEO of PicksDepot.com. We're going to preview the Big Ten for the 2021-2022 football season. I'm going to have some observations, maybe a couple over-under picks, and really what I'm going to be looking for each team, including why I think some teams would be some good in-game bets under very specific circumstances. Remember to follow us at PicksDepot. Please give us likes. Feel free to comment. I will answer any single question you do leave if you're watching this on YouTube or make sure you subscribe on uh, iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. PicksDepot.com is a place to go for all your picks. Now, in the East, in the Big Ten, of course, Ohio State is the favorite. C.J. Stroud, it's been announced that he is going to be starting Week one against Minnesota, but of course, they're very deep at quarterback. Ohio State is one of those teams that's really in the same category as a Clemson, an Alabama, a Georgia, where they truly do not rebuild, they reload. Yes, it's a cliche, but it is very true. Um, of course, they've got Kyle McCord, most likely to get some playing time. Uh, Quinn e e e Ewers is a five-star recruit. He was going to redshirt and then, because of the NIL stuff, decided, well, maybe I will play this year, but he got a late start. So Ohio State has three extremely viable options. I mean, three guys who could quite possibly start for most Division I, most Power Five teams. Uh, now, of course, they've got their wide receiver, uh, um, Olive, and he is uh, one of the best in the conference. Garrett Wilson, a great second weapon. Uh, their offensive line is rated by many as the best in the country. So Ohio State, they should be the favorites. Of course, Trey Sermon is going. We, who knows what would have happened if he didn't get uh, hurt early in the national championship game. But they got plenty of talent at running back. Top defensive line in the conference, anchored by Haskell Garrett and Zach Harrison. Though their secondary is a little bit of a question. So teams that can pass the ball well could be very good underdog plays. And uh, that might even be a team that could possibly upset Ohio State. But there's really no need to outsmart the crowd. Again, it's more about value. Of course, if I'm doing, as I said, a preview where we're not even worried about the odds, yeah, Ohio State is the obvious choice. But Michigan, or I'm sorry, Wisconsin, I should say, is a legitimate team that could beat them in the conference championship game. And then Penn State at plus 900 says, well, maybe... You're not going to go to the uh, conference championship game. You better give us a little bit of respect. They're looking to rebound off a disappointing season. As a general rule of thumb, teams that are off of disappointing seasons, I look to rebound. They're going to be undervalued. Teams that are off of fantastic seasons are usually a little bit overvalued. But here, the odds makers are almost doing the complete opposite. Uh, they're giving Penn State credit for what they're capable of rather than what they've totally done on the field. Still, Penn State most definitely has a talent. Of course, the uh, key is Sean Clifford, their quarterback. He makes way too many mistakes. He's got to definitely cut down on that. He's got two great wide receivers in Johan Dotson and Parker Washington. Dotson, of course, is one of the best in the conference. Running back Noah Kane, can he come back from injury? That is a very big key. Now, biggest addition they made, offensive coordinator Mike Yurchich. He is a uh, from California University of Pennsylvania. That's a school that's best known for producing the best sports handicappers in the country, but we've got some good coaches out of California University of uh, Pennsylvania. Jeff Castile, your titch is another one. The uh, Penn State defense, they did put their offense in some tough positions last year, but they are pretty solid, led by 
a uh, secondary that's very good, but they are just the opposite of Ohio State. They really need to rebuild their defensive line, but there are still some questions at the cornerback um, where Joey Porter Jr. and Tariq uh, Castro-Fields were targeted quite often. They're, they're pretty good at the safety position, but not so much at cornerback where they do have talent. You know, again, is it a baptism by fire type thing? Uh, the odds makers, I think, uh, believe that they are going to improve at the cornerback position because they're given... You know, at plus 900, look, that is, I guess, a long shot. But when you consider that they're in the division with Ohio State, they're still um, projected to uh, win eight and a half games this year. Uh, The question marks, though, I think, are also, they have a pretty tough cross-division schedule. Uh, Wisconsin and Iowa, so all in all, kind of a show-me guy. Yes, Penn State's got a lot of potential, but show me you can do it. Sure up that secondary, and again, the, the cross-division games are pretty tough. I actually like Penn State to go under the 8.5. Now, at Pick Dogs, Joe Duffy's picks at Pick Dogs, I don't like to place a lot of futures bets because, as I said, it can bias me as far as making game-to-game adjustments. So many of my metrics and systems have to do with adjusting game-by-game. Uh, really, in many respects, we're not just handicapping the teams, but we're handicapping the odds makers. Most of my systems say this is when the odds makers are going to overreact. This is when the odds makers have to adjust to the fact that the public is going to overreact. So it's more about overvalued and undervalued teams. So that's one of the reasons why at Joe Duffy's picks I'm better than anyone else. I handicap the odds more so than I do handicap the teams. And that's why most people who are, you know, fairly good handicappers, fairly knowledgeable, they'll handicap the teams, but you got to know how the odds makers think and why they're zigging, you got to zag. Indiana, legitimate dark horse team, though, plus 2,000. They're off of a Cinderella year. That's what worries me. Yes, on paper, you could say that this is a team that could really shock some people, but at the same time, the fact that they did shock people last year does tell me that they're in for a downfall. I think more than any other team in this conference, regardless of injury, of course, injuries do mean everything. I mean, Ohio State's the only team that could sustain injuries. Or maybe Penn State, maybe a little bit Wisconsin can sustain some injuries to their top players. Indiana cannot. But I still think even without injuries, Indiana is one of those teams that could be anywhere from like a a disappointing three-win team to a shocking like nine or ten-win team. Uh, The the big key, though, uh, really is Michael Penix, their star quarterback who is too often injured. He's off an ACL tear, but he is very good. Like I said, though, even if he is healthy, there are some uh, question marks ab- about him. You know, can is he going to be able to recover? I've seen a lot of players at the NFL level. You come off an ACL injury, that's a little bit tough to overcome. He's got a stud wide receiver and Ty Frofogel. He's also among the better in the conference. Now, they got their entire offensive line back. Stephen Carr is a USC running back. This guy's pretty highly touted. Averages five yards per carry, 12 touchdowns, and 1,329 career yards. So he's a legitimate player, folks. Nine starters are back on defense, led by linebacker Micah McFadden and quarterback Taiwan Mullen. They did lead. Here's the, one of the reasons why... I can't get too high on Indiana. Well, there's really two main reasons. Number one, they did, if anything, surprise some people last year. But number two, they led the team in turnovers. And turnovers are so very tough to duplicate. They were so successful last year on turnovers. I do think there's some good fortune involved there. Therefore, I like the under, Indiana under, the seven and a half wins. 
Michigan plus 2,500. Look, Jim Harbaugh is one of these guys who people love to hate. Maybe he's not, you know, his first like year or two at Michigan, we thought this guy was one of the top four or five coaches in the country. Clearly he's not that good, but he's not as bad as the haters want to make him sound. He's got a brand new coaching staff, pretty good running back by committee. Freshman Donovan Edwards is a possible breakout player. Uh, Ronnie Bell Jr., uh, Ronnie Bell is uh, good at wide receiver. Cornelius Johnson, ton of talent. So this could also be a breakout year for him. Now, who is the quarterback? That's the question. And, you know, really over the years, uh, obviously Harbaugh's been pretty good with quarterbacks at both the NFL and the college level at Stanford. So he's got his work cut out. Cade McNamara and Texas Tech transfer Alan Bowman are going to battle for that. Defensive M, Aiden Hutchinson, leads a talented group of Returning players on defense, so I do think Michigan's going to be very good this year. Dax Hill anchors a pretty solid secondary. I'm not going to blindly follow my power ratings. I do have some power ratings that are based on, uh, I do some of the, the preseason publications, the ones that kind of weigh their power ratings and do kind of a consensus of that. Although, admittedly, my power ratings says that Michigan is behind Indiana. Again, my, my power ratings are only a guide. I, I think quite the opposite. Michigan is a team that could surprise uh, this year. Their defense returns 70% of their production, and they they have, um, I think, more talent than last year's numbers dictate. So they got 70% of the production, but more importantly, they're better than they showed last year. So I do think Michigan is a team that could, is going to pull off an upset this year. I do think they're going to Win more games is, uh, well, you know, I, I don't look at the games on a game-by-game game basis before the year starts. True, they're going to be favorite in most of their games, but I do think they're capable of winning some as an underdog more so than losing as a favorite, but they are going to be a favorite in a majority of their games this year. Maryland, uh, they're plus 10,000. Maryland is a team on the rise under Mike uh, Loxley. They have a chance at a bowl, so they're going to be a, a, a deeper team than usual, and they're going to be very dangerous as a dog because... Maryland, because they have a legitimate chance at a bowl, I do think they're going to be competitive as big underdogs. So, you know, follow them. We might be riding them at Picks Depot. And, of course, the other handicappers like the master lock line. But I do think, yeah, Maryland, because they've got plenty of motivation to, to look good, to basically cover. They have plenty of motivation to cover. Let's get straight to it. Of course, you know, they – and <laughs> – uh, you know, Tua Tagliavala, has, he has been driving me nuts pronouncing his name for years. His little brother, uh, Tuali, is kind of a, a Tua light. He's a great athlete. He's not quite as good as his big brother, but he is a very good all-around quarterback. Three starters on the offensive line back, but they gave up 16 sacks in just five games. So they got to improve another one. Should I say baptism by fire? Yeah, but they, they have some question marks on the offensive line. They, but here is a good thing. One of the reasons they have an upside. They've actually wasted yards. One of the Another statistic that I exploit, when a team's yardage dictates their offense is either much better or much worse than their points per game, that's another way we know whether they're overvalued or undervalued. Well, Maryland arguably should have had more points last year. So their offense, that's based on their yardage. So their offense does have an upside. Uh, Dante Demas is a big play wide receiver. Listen to this, folks. Their defense is 96% of their production back. So I do think they're going to be a dangerous dog. A bowl, from everything I've read, they really, really want to make the bowl. So as I said, look for them to fight and be competitive even in games as big dogs. Rutgers. Look, Greg Schiano, he won as many conference games in the shortened season as Rutgers did in the previous four years combined. Sorry, you people at Tennessee really screwed up. I mean, Schiano is a very good coach. 
Now, maybe, you know, he's got more of a history in New Jersey. Could he have been successful at Tennessee? I don't know, but you guys bleeped up at Tennessee. You know, how does your washed-up, uh, you know, journeyman defensive coordinator turn head coach, how did that work out? Not, not so well. But anyway, back to Rutgers. Nucleus of the two deep is back. So Shiano did some pretty good recruiting, and he's he's got some depth this year. Uh, quarterback uh, Noah Vedral and running back Isaiah Pachero, uh, Pachado and one, uh, wide receiver Bo Melton, very strong uh, on the, the skill position. Uh, Vedral, he's got that rifle arm, but he does lack the accuracy. Last year they averaged 26.7 points per game compared to 5.7 in 2019. Their offensive line does need to improve their production a little bit, but most of their talent, again, is back on defense. But it's another case. They produced 19 turnovers last year. That is a very tough thing to duplicate. Uh, Rutgers is very strong at the linebacker and the defensive end position. Uh, you know, Rutgers is another one of those teams I think is going to be fairly competitive as an underdog. But I would not I, I would consider fading them as a favorite because they're also going to be playing in a pretty good conference where although they have pretty good depth, generally the lesser teams in the conference do tend to, to wear down against superior teams. Now Michigan State, they're plus 6,600. They don't have all that much talent. They got nice wide receivers in Jaden Reed and, and Jalen Naylor. Uh, why, they're uh, Wake Forest transfer Kenneth Walker is expected to improve the running game. They're very weak at the quarterback position and the offensive line. Defense put up good numbers last year, even after being put in some difficult positions by the offense. But the number of turnovers on offense does have maybe the offense a little bit overvalued because, you know, I've always said that turnovers, again, skill. Skill is involved, but there's a certain amount of good fortune. So the teams that are high turnover teams usually have an upside. The low turnover teams, um, uh, you know, on offense, that is. Teams with very good turnover ratios usually have a downside. High turnover ratios usually have a little bit of an upside because that's somewhat correctable. Um, so, but it's going to be tough for uh, Rutgers to again duplicate the magic they had last year. They also lost a ton of uh, on defense. Just sixty-four percent of their production is uh, back. I don't know. I think Michigan State, just because of their name, is going to be a little bit overvalued. I think Michigan State's going to be one of the worst spread teams in the country. Now let's take a look at the West. Wisconsin plus six hundred. Graham Mertz, look, he could be a breakout quarterback. If you're looking, we did do a Heisman uh, preview. Make sure you do check out our YouTube um, channel or a previous podcast. We we have a good dark horse for the uh, Heisman Trophy. But I'll tell you what, this kid Mertz is a, a pretty good, uh, somewhat of a long shot two running back. Jalen Berger is a physical running back in Wisconsin style. He just really good yards after the contact. Uh, and he uh, averaged five yards per carry. They got a pretty nice schedule, Whiskey does. They host their, their toughest opponents, Penn State, Michigan, plus they do have a game against non-conference Notre Dame, which, of course, doesn't affect their conference odds, although you could say, you know, from a confidence standpoint, but it does affect their over-under uh, wins, obviously. So they got some pretty good teams where they are playing them at home. They're tough in the trenches again. Uh, wide receiver Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor, great targets. Of course, tight end Jake Ferguson's also good. So it's one of their their offense is going to be pretty balanced. Their defense does have eight starters back from a team that allowed just 17.4 points per game and 5.01 yards per play. They're great against the run. They really got to improve against the pass. So that's going to hurt them against some quality teams. Um, if they do want, you know, they're going to have to improve before they do play. If they do play Ohio State, as I expect and as the oddsmakers expect. 
uh, in the conference championship game. They're really going to have to improve against the pass. They're better than they did show last year. They had a lot of players that were in COVID protocol. Then Mertz, it was revealed that he played hurt. So Wisconsin is a pretty dangerous team. I wouldn't be surprised if they win the entire conference. Iowa's another team. Uh, very good team. They're plus 900. Very good running back in Tyler Goodson. Question marks, though, they have a, one of the best centers in the country. Tyler Linderbaum is one of the best centers, but it doesn't have a lot of on either side of the ball. they got to be doing a much better job blocking outside the center position. Uh, tight end Sam Laporte, a great safety valve, though. They might need to use him without much of an offensive line. Look for them to be value as an under team. Uh, quarterback Spencer Petrus is erratic, but he's predictably unpredictable. Uh, the scouts have noticed he needs to throw better to the left side as all four of his touchdowns of 20 yards or more were to the deep right. Twice that of between the hashes or to the left. So the scouts have picked up on that. If I know that, you certainly know that the scouts do. But what I like about him, predictably unpredictable, as I said, it's one of those things if they fall behind, maybe bet him on the live line. If they get a big lead, fade him on the live line because I think you're going to see a lot of cases where Petrus is... You know, good for a quarter, so-so the next quarter, and even on a game-to-game basis. If he's off of a phenomenal game, maybe look for him to have a little bit of a letdown. And likewise, if he throws, you know, three interceptions one game, look for him to bounce back the next week. And that's one of those predictably unpredictable guys that we talk about. Concerns about the defensive line, but linebacker and secondary is excellent. With uh, Chauncey Golson and Nick Neiman going from the front seven, they're going to be undersized. They're actually going to wear down against a team like Wisconsin, to be honest with you. The over-under is set at 9.5. I like them under 9.5 wins. Minnesota, plus the 3,300 at Pix Depot. Follow us at Pix Depot on Twitter. Uh, Minnesota Cinderella in 2019. They regressed to the mean last year. See what I said? That's what teams usually do. Offense needed a longer offseason, though, to adjust their new offensive coordinator, Mike Sanford Jr. Passing game does need to improve indeed. Uh, quarterback Tanner Morgan, running back Muhammad Ibrahim are protected by a good offensive line. They did lose a first-rounder in wide receiver Rashad Bateman. Like the offense, the defense kind of regressed to the mean last year. Clemson transfer Niles Pinckney. He is really going to be used. He's going to strengthen a defense that um, has three all-Big Ten candidates, but, you know, they're, they're kind of top-heavy uh, there, but they do have some, some pretty good uh, big-time players on defense. They're going to need him because they had the worst tackles for loss in the country. So hopefully the Clemson transfer Pinkney can really improve their pass rush. 15 of the top 16 tacklers return. So, again, maybe I can use that term, uh, baptism by fire, uh, where, you know, they got they do have some, some guys back with some decent talent, but their production could have been a little bit better. But I do expect their defense to be a little bit uh, better for sure. How about Northwestern plus 5,000? Just seven starters back total. Uh, two transfer quarterbacks who were highly rated out of high school. Hunter Johnson and Ryan Halinski will battle for it. Good offensive line, but their top four targets are going. So that's tough. I mean, you're going to be a, a virgin starter at quarterback, and you really don't have any experienced targets to bail you out. They lost so much. Tough, tough to match last year's. 4.86 yards per play on defense, especially with new defensive coordinator Jim O'Neill. One measure has them among the lowest returning groups of production on both sides of the ball. Um, one of the metrics that I do use says, yeah, the Northwestern has as little talent back from last year based on some production metrics as any team in the country. That's why I like them under six and a half wins.
You know, they just don't have the depth of the, the, the Iowas or the Wisconsin or certainly Ohio State. Nebraska plus 4,000. All right, Adrian Martinez, I think he's in his 12th year as a starting quarterback. He's had great potential, but he has not evolved under Scott Frost. Uh, Nebraska showed some progress on defense, and here's here's the key. They could be a good defensive team. 89% of the production is back on defense, according to one of the measures we use. Cornhuskers take some chances on defense, so the live total could be a pretty good opportunity. I think if this game is, you know, trending under, it's on pace to go way under. Maybe bet the over, because Nebraska does like to take those chances. And, of course, especially if Nebraska's ahead. Let's say Nebraska's up by 10. Clearly, teams are going to throw a little bit more. And that's where Nebraska, they're kind of a feast or famine on defense. They could they could pick get a pick six, but they can also give up the big play. So I think, you know, when Nebraska especially is ahead in a low-scoring game, let's say they're up, you know, 10 to nothing with three minutes remaining in the second quarter. I'm going to take a long look at the live line there. Uh, new offensive coordinator Mike Lubbock must cut down clearly on the uh, fumbles. How about Purdue plus 10,000? Dangerous team with wide receiver David Bell had 53 catches in a shortened season last year. He's among uh, the best receivers. You know, a lot of the public, a lot of the respected publications and experts, they do have Purdue rated as high as the second best wide receiving core in the Big Ten. Uh, Xander Horvath leads a good committee at running back. Head coach Jeff Brom, look, he missed a lot of time with COVID. Uh, they need either Aiden O'Connell and Jack or Jack Plummer to step up at quarterback. And, you know, the old adage, two quarterbacks equals no quarterbacks. Again, I've said it before, that's inductive reasoning. In the case with these two guys, it's because no guy has robbed them. When you're talking about Ohio State where they got three quarterbacks, and they might wind up playing, you know, two, three quarterbacks uh, every single game. There, it's good because they got three stud quarterbacks. Here at Purdue... They kind of need to have somebody that, that becomes a stud. So, again, that's that's not totally true when you say two quarterbacks equal no quarterbacks. Or if you have two quarterbacks, you got no quarterback. Whatever the saying is. No, it depends. Why do you have two quarterbacks? Is it because you got a bunch of blue chippers or because you have a bunch of mediocrity? In the case of uh, Purdue, I think they've got some mediocrity, but they got somebody, you know, one of those guys needs to step up. They can give teams with no pass rush and weak secondaries, though, a little bit of problem. New defensive coordinator, Brad Lambert has been brought in to improve a bad defense. And Illinois, plus 2,500. Look, Illinois coach Brett Bielema, a lot of people said, look, he's done a good job turning around programs, especially early on. Their offensive line rated among the best in the conference. That's right up Bielema's uh, wheelhouse. Quarterback Brandon Peters is a three-way starter. Some big questions at wide receiver, though. Defense is terrible with some experience back. New offense coordinator Tony Peterson loves to run which is certainly in Bielema's injure, uh, image. Key is, can Bielema continue his early success, turning teams around? I think if they can establish the run, they're going to be a decent under team, but it's going to be a long season for Illinois. All right, please follow me, Joe Duffy's Picks, at Picks Depot, PicksDepot.com, or at PicksDepot on Twitter. I am the NFL and college football specialist. Been doing this, if, you, if those of you who don't know who the hell I am, been on the score phones. If you're 20 some years old, you know, you know uh, your dad, did he gamble? Your your mom, did she gamble? They know who I am. I've been winning since the score phones of 1988 now at picksdepot.com.